Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, welcome to the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Ben Ross. It's our final episode of 2020, and we've got a great guest for you coming up. Alex Jensen, the voice of the Class A Stockton Ports, Oakland A's affiliate. He's also the host of the Portside Pod. And if you're into college sports, you might know that Alex Jensen is also the play-by-play voice of the St. Mary's Gales men's basketball team. So he's a busy man. We appreciated him coming on to talk a little baseball with us. We actually got into some St. Mary's as well. Had to had to talk about the Gales a little bit. I'm actually announcing the women's basketball games for the Gales this season. So we had to get into a little St. Mary's talk and the WCC, but of course, plenty of baseball as well. As mentioned, Alex, the voice of the Stockton Ports. So we talked a little bit about minor league baseball. We talked about some of the prospects he's looking forward to seeing with the A's. And of course, about the Oakland A's in general, looking at the offseason and their playoff potential for next season. Still a bit of a slow offseason for the A's, really all around baseball. I guess maybe with the exception of the, the San Diego Padres have recently been on a trading spree. Boy, they they are looking good, adding some big-time starting pitchers. First, they, they get Blake Snell from Tampa Bay. Great addition there. And as of now, as we're taping on Monday night, it looks like they're on the brink of acquiring Hugh Darvish from the Chicago Cubs. So you add that to Lamette, who they already have. Clevenger is going to be out for the upcoming season. He underwent Tommy John surgery, but he'll be back with the Padres in 2022. You talk about an incredible starting rotation to go with some of the young talent they have in their lineup. Guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. And all of a sudden, the Padres challenging the Dodgers out there in the uh, in the NL West. Could it be that we've got the two best teams in all of baseball in the NL West? You could certainly make that argument. So that's going to be a, a fun rivalry to watch, not only this year, but in the years to come. Of course, the Dodgers, the defending World Series champions, but the Padres are not messing around. They they are going. We thought they were going all in last year with some of the moves they made at the trade deadline. They continue to go all in and get even better. So they're going to be a fun team to watch. Of course, it's been a little bit slower for the Oakland A's. Still really around all of baseball. You know, all the all the biggest free agents are still out there. And it's so weird how it happens this way in baseball. I understand that teams and owners don't really know exactly what to expect with the pandemic and, you know, what, what their finances are going to look like as far as, you know, will they have fans in the stadiums and concessions and all that. But it's just crazy when you... When you look at baseball free agency compared to, say, the NBA, where, you know, it's just a free-for-all the first couple of days. Uh, all these huge contracts going out to the big free agents within the first 24 hours. I mean, baseball, it drags months into the offseason, and you can see why the players and, and agents are kind of getting upset. But we'll continue to track it as we head into 2021. Again, the A's, regardless of who they bring back from their free agent group, still going to have a really good team just based on the core of guys that we do know are returning. And you have to consider them, uh, if not the favorites in the AL West, at least right up there 
with the Astros, I personally consider the A's still the favorites in the AL West, uh, just because I think the Astros are going to probably lose, you know, some of their own free agents, guys like uh, Brantley and Springer. And we get a little bit into that with Alex Jensen as well. So we will get to our conversation with Alex in a moment. But first, I want to remind you about betonline.ag. The NBA and college basketball seasons are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. I actually thought it'd be interesting to look at some of the baseball futures as well with all the moves the Padres have made. And to no surprise, they have gained a little ground in the odds on the Dodgers in the National League. The Dodgers, as of Monday night, still the favorites to win the National League at plus 225. You got the Padres right after them at plus 350. Not a bad bet based on some of the additions they've made. As for the A's, plus 1,000 in the American League. They're tied there with the Astros. The Yankees, the favorites in the AL at plus 300, followed by the White Sox. That's another team that's made some moves at plus 650. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Well, our guest this week on the Believe in Oakland A's podcast is Alex Jensen, the play-by-play voice for the Stockton Ports and for St. Mary's Basketball. And of course, uh, he's also the host of the Portside Pod. And you've probably heard him on A's cast as well. One of the busiest, hardest working guys I know. Happy to have Alex Jensen on the program. Alex, how are you doing? Ben, I'm well, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's always uh, it's always good to talk some baseball, even here in the dead of winter. I uh, hope you had a good holiday. I hope everyone out there has had a good holiday. And I'm ready to get it rolling, man. I mean, like you said, we're in the middle of basketball season, but it's never too early to talk baseball for me. Absolutely. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on and, and hope you had a good holiday as well. And yeah, let's start with that. I mean, how, how's the offseason been going? Again, it's not like it's a slow offseason for you because I know you do basketball games as well at St. Mary's, but what what have you been up to? Uh, obviously, it, it's a little different this year with the pandemic, but uh, anything exciting going on in, in the life of Alex Jensen? Oh, boy. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've led a normal life the last month or so in the pandemic. You know, I mean, uh, for the majority of this thing, you know, I've been, um, you know, staying in the Bay Area, but, uh, you know, life's taken me elsewhere. My girlfriend got a job in Kansas City, helped her move there. I'd never been to Kansas City before, but it seems like a really cool city. Didn't really get too much of a chance to explore. Uh, and then we decided to come out here to the East Coast for, um for the holiday to be with with uh, with her family and uh, kind of hole up in their house here in New Hampshire. So it's been interesting, man. I mean, uh, everyone's healthy, which is good. Like I said, um, you know, even though we're traveling, we're we've taken this thing serious from the very beginning. So uh, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea that, uh, you know, uh, sure. that, that I haven't been doing that. But, um, sure. you know, like I said, you know, certain things are, are important. So uh, you know, we, we've done that. Uh, and like you said, basketball, man, I mean, 2020 has been a, a weird year for everybody. Like I've been doing basketball games from home. I set up a, uh, a kitchen table in my living room to call St. Mary's in <laughs> South Dakota, the bad boy mowers crossover classic. Yeah. Um, I've been to, you know, university credit union pavilion as you have in Moraga to call games from up top. Now, 
I've done games from here in New Hampshire. Uh, it's just been a weird year, man. I'm glad we're getting through it, and it looks like there's an end in sight. Uh, so hopefully things will return back to normal, but it's been a weird off season. If you can even call it that because there was no minor league season, as you well know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, that actually, that I, I kind of wanted to ask you about that because you, you just took the job uh, with the Stockton ports as their, as their play-by-play voice uh, replacing Zach Bay Rudy, who's another great broadcaster. He went uh, to the Reno aces, but it, what, what was it like? I mean, it, it had to be a bummer just, you know, your first year there, obviously, with the pandemic and, and then the season getting canceled. I guess my question is, how how amped are you for this season? Hopefully we have it. How excited are you to get out there and, and call some games? Even more than I was last year. I mean, uh, I, I was just, I was I was really itching to get out there. And especially after spring training came to an abrupt end. I was actually doing the, the A's games at spring training. It was That's my right. week of games at spring training. Uh, I had four games on the schedule. And the last two got technically rained out. But, you know, the last one was... I mean, that was the day after Rudy Gobert tested positive in the NBA. So it was kind of a matter yeah. of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to get going. I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into the, to the grind of a baseball season again and being there every day. And um, so, yeah, even more so this year than last year. I don't know, like I saw a piece in The Athletic not too long ago uh, that hinted at the possibility of minor league season being staggered this year because they don't want to have everybody at spring training at the same time. So you know, for the ports and the Cali, we could be looking at a May start, June. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't want to speculate, but whenever it does start, man, I'll be ready. I'm just, I'm excited to get out there. Uh, the last time I was there was, you know, when I was getting to know everybody, when I was my official meet and greet at the ballpark. And um, I, I'm just excited to call that my place of work and be out there every single day this summer. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm raring to go, dude. Yeah, I bet. No, I, I think we all, I think we all are. It was a bummer that, you know, we didn't really have minor league baseball uh, last year and, um, actually, you know, so, so much going on with minor league baseball with sort of the, the reclassification that we saw good to see that, that the ports are still a part of the A's family. Um, do you see any, any impact coming from that? I guess they went from high A to now class A. I, I mean, I'm guessing we're still going to see some of the good young prospects though, uh, from the A's. Oh, I, I think so. I think it's kind of to be determined how clubs are going to handle this, you know, because you've got more teams now at the complexes. So, you know, how long do they hold back international prospects, guys, they just signed out of the draft. I think the the lucky thing in Stockton is that you're not in a cold weather climate. So there's no, uh, there's no hesitation to send a guy to Stockton, even if you may, you know, if you, if you may want him to be at the Midwest league to start the season, if you're concerned about that prospect starting in a cold weather, you know, a cold weather climate for the first two months of the season, that's not, necessarily uh concern obviously in the central valley yeah uh, but it, yeah i mean it is a bummer you know i mean the the level of baseball will likely be a little bit lower and um but i think that the most important thing as you mentioned is to still be invited to be an affiliated club first of all because i mean was it 40 teams got the axe um so to speak and didn't get the invite the affiliated baseball and right. you know i think major league baseball is doing some uh you know reorganizing there and maybe it'll be better for the long run in terms of having those prospect leagues especially back east but especially staying in the a's family i just think that since 2005 the a's and the ports have worked so well together you know stockton is so close to oakland it's only about an hour away for those who haven't made the drive before um being able to send guys there on a quick rehab you know yeah. I, I just think it's a it's a really valuable relationship and um you know i know from the ports perspective they've been one of the minor league teams that have been least hardest hit i think 
by this whole thing. I mean, I, I don't think that they've furloughed anybody. Oh, uh, I, I'm pretty sure anyway. Uh, yeah. so they were working all through the summer. So they're in a really good position. I think it's great for the A's to have the Fords a part of the A's family and vice versa. I think, you know, I, and I, I can only speak from experience. I haven't been there for a full year. You know, Zach Beardy would probably have more context to this to answer this question, but I really think that it's a perfect marriage between the two clubs. Sure. Well, and it's a great facility too. You know, I remember going out there for a couple of games. I remember there was the day that uh, Jesus Lazardo and AJ Puck both made, uh, I think there was, I guess they called it rehab appearances or they, they were both sort of coming back from injuries, also making their way to the major leagues. And yeah, it's a, it's a great facility. Um, get to see some great players. So I know I'm going to try and get out to some games if, if it's safe and if we're at all back to normal, hopefully we'll by the summer, we'll be a little bit closer to that. So uh, definitely rooting for that. You, you kind of talked about, it's good to hear that, that the ports were able to kind of manage this pandemic and, and, you know, it, it maybe didn't hit them as hard as some other places, but I, I think minor league baseball in general, it was, it was certainly a tough year. What have you been hearing just from around minor league baseball, as far as how hard the pandemic has hit? And uh, do you think that minor league baseball will sort of be able to recover and, and get back to where it was? I, I tend to look at this a little bit more optimistically. I think so. I mean, I, I think that people are just going to be, you know, when when we do return back to normal, and as you said, hopefully that's sometime. I know I heard Dr. Fauci say something about probably everyone will have the, the vaccine or it'll be available to everybody by June. Sure. Um, you yeah. know, knock on wood. We certainly hope that's not going to But I, I yeah. just think that not just in terms of minor league baseball, but in terms of being a, a human, like having a social life again, I think at least for me, I'm going to be itching so much, dude, to just go to a restaurant and have a meal to rest, just feel normal again, right? Sit at a bar and have a beer, yeah. just, uh, and, yeah. and go to a baseball game. You know, I mean, I think that's, I, I just think people are going to be chomping at the bit. And that's really what drives minor league profit, obviously, you know, as, as you know, is, is the ticket sales and having people out of the ballpark. That's why you see all these promotions and, you know, some of the off the wall stuff that minor league teams do. I, I, I think that getting back to normal will, I, even if it's just temporarily, I think there'll be a temporary, a temporary uh, boost in, in ticket sales and, and what have you, at least that's my hope. But yeah, there's no doubt, man. Like, I mean, you know, you lose the year of, of and I don't know the ins and outs exactly of, of, you know, what's happening with sponsorships, but I mean, that's these teams lifelines, right? I mean, sponsorships, ticket sales, that's all stuff that, you know, you don't really see a profit from unless there's a game being played with people in the stands um, so, you know, I think we'll see, I mean, I think maybe it's a good time right now for major league baseball to, to take control of minor league baseball in that sense. Yeah. Um, again, I, I wish I had a better answer for you after being a, like an actual year into you sure. know, <laughs> my career in the minor leagues, at least. Sure. Um, of course, like you mentioned, I didn't get any, any games, uh, last season, neither did anybody, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think just like everybody else, I think minor league baseball was hard hit, but I do think that once we do get back to normal, that there will be, uh, people will be itching to get back out there. And I think that'll be, that'll be a good thing for, for major league baseball, but especially minor league baseball, because that's really where these teams are able to stay afloat. Yeah. Turning to the A's now. And I, I think people are, are excited for their season as well. Um, you know, the, the off season has been slow across baseball. We were kind of talking about that before we, we even started the pod and, you know, I don't think that's unexpected. I think the pandemic a lot of owners may be using the pandemic as an excuse a little bit, but there is some truth to it too. No one really knows how 
financially what the, you know, what the result is going to be of, of all this lost revenue. And again, it's still uncertain when fans are going to be able to be back in the ballpark this upcoming year. So, you know, it, it has been a bit of a slow off season and uh, you know, for, that's not a surprise. It's definitely not a surprise for the A's. Um, I think, you know, they've certainly never been a team to spend a ton of money regardless. So I, I don't think it's surprising to see them trying to maybe trim payroll a little bit, but you know, what's your overall outlook for this team heading into next year? You know, they obviously making the playoffs three consecutive years is a great feat. They, they were able to win a series over the White Sox this past season. They're going to lose some guys, you know, Liam Hendricks. I don't think it's any secret. He's going to be leaving Marcus Simeon doubtful that he returns. Um, but you still got that young, talented core of guys that will be back. Do you, do you see the A's being able to, you know, contend for the division again and, and maybe make the playoffs for a fourth straight year? I mean, I think so. You know, it's disappointing, obviously, if, if Marcus Simeon leaves, which is, it looks like is probably likely to happen. I mean, he's he's earned the right to kind of test the free agent market, right? Sure. I mean, all the work that he's put in, we'd love to see him back with the A's because native Bay Area guy. I mean, he kind of, for me, embodies the A's resurgence in this in this recent wave of contending i mean yeah. look at where he was when he came to oakland right i mean how many errors did he make in that first season let all the baseball and, i think right and he turned himself into an mvp a legit an mvp finalist yeah uh really on both sides and i know he didn't have his best year last year but i i think it's still a playoff team uh i you know you mentioned the core coming back and Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, Ramon Laureano. I, I think Sean, Sean Murphy is one of my favorite players in baseball right now. I, I just think, I think he's a future all-star. I've been saying it since he came up yeah. uh, and I hope he can take the next step. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of those ancillary pieces are kind of still yet to be determined, right? Uh, Tommy Lestella, can Steven Biscotti stay healthy? I mean, when he stayed healthy a couple of years ago, you know, I thought he was a difference maker, both with his glove and with the bat. Uh, Mark Hanna trailed off a little bit at the end of last year. Can he put together 162 or however many games they're going to play this season? But as you mentioned, up the middle, right? I mean, shortstop's up in the air. Second base is up in the air. I mean, obviously, the A's would love to bring Tommy LaStella back. Yeah. They've got some work to do in the bullpen. If, if Petit and Soria and, and, uh, and Hendricks, I think Hendricks is probably gone as well. Uh, but I think the core, man, the core gives you a chance. And we didn't even mention the rotation. I think Montas is in store for a, ba a bounce back year. I mean, I, that back thing, I think people kind of under, you know, kind of look past that a little bit once he came back. I mean, the, the back is a tricky deal, you know, especially for a pitcher who uses his core so much and a guy who throws as hard as he does. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you remember how effective he was at the tail end of 2019 yeah. before both before he got suspended and after he came back from the suspension? I mean, he was, he may have been the best pitcher on that staff. So you get a bounce back here from year from him. Chris Bassett is back. Uh, we'll see what Lazardo is able to give him in terms of, you know, I mean, I know he was, looked maybe a little bit over his head in that playoff game. I mean, it's tough for a 20, what, what was he? 21 years old like a year ago, yeah. but the, the stuff is incredible. So I think yeah. that, you know, I mean, this, you know, so I think that getting that experience for him as a young guy, as a young pitcher will do nothing but help him. And then some, you know, some of the other younger arms that they have. And I'm, I know Manaya, you know, Miss Manaya and AJ sure. Puck. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's a guy that moves the bullpen. Yeah. So I think the core is there for them to make a run. And then I was listening to Martine on, on your on your last episode, you know, talking about how, listen, the Rangers just traded Lance Lynn. The Astros have a, a few free agents. I mean, I Michael Brantley may be the most underrated hitter in all of baseball. Oh, yeah. uh, and so he's a free agent. George Springer's a free agent. I know the Mariners are up and coming, you know, if you want to hear Martin go through all those, listen to the last <laughs> podcast. But yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I think there's certainly a window, man. And I think it's going to be open for as long as they have this core here. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, maybe a, a, a broad question just about some of the younger players, some of the prospects. Who, who are some of those? I mean, you, you touched on Sean Murphy, and I guess he's not even really a prospect, quote unquote, anymore because he's sort of established himself last year. But who are some of the other young guys uh, that, that you're excited to see on, on the A's? Uh, you know, I think, well, pitching-wise, I think, is where the A's have the, the most depth in the upper levels of the minors, right? With Dalton right. Jeffries and Grant Holmes and Capri. We, we got to look at Caprillian's and Je- Caprillian and Jeffries yeah. uh, a year ago, and I know Jeffries didn't have a great outing, but, it, you know, it's one outing. I, I got a chance to talk quite a bit this season to Bobby Crosby, who was supposed to be the manager of the Stockton Ports this past year. He's now going to be with the Midland Rockhounds, and I, I read a story – that Melissa Locker did in the athletic that basically said he's, a, you know, he's a rising star as a, as a coach in the A's organization. But what he was talking about was the, in, in just his ability to be able to work with the middle infielders, the, the up the middle depth the A's have in, in, in the minors. Uh, Nick Allen is a guy that he told me is ready to play shortstop in the big leagues right now. Mm. And this is a guy that hasn't played above high A. You know, I mean, he had what 60 games in Stockton in 2019 before his year ended thanks to a high ankle sprain. Um, and, you know, I think that talking to Melissa Lockhart about him as well, you know, I think he's just starting to understand what his strengths are as a hitter. Uh, so I'm hit a home run, had a pretty good spring training in, on the big league side. Um, he's not there yet, but, you know, I think that's something to, to look forward to. Luis Ferreira, I know the A's are really high on fly. I mean, haven't seen the guy play yet, but, the, you know, the, the, uh, all the reports are that He's, he can really run. He can play all three outfield positions. He's a left-handed hitter. I know the A's have some depth in, in the outfield, but they don't have a lot of depth in, in the left-handed batter's box. Right. So they're, they're going to need some left-handed bats where they can get them. But uh, I just thought it was really interesting talking to, talking to Bobby Crosby about the, the shortstop that the A's assembled at the alternate site with Nick Allen and Logan Davidson and uh, Bobby P, they call him, Robert Poisson. If I, I think, I, you know, I think it's actually Poisson. I think that's how you pronounce uh, but he's, you know, he's only 17 years old or, or whatever it is. And, and the, the maturity that he's shown to stay in Arizona instead of going back to the Dominican Republic, take an English class. You know, I think those are the things that you can overlook sometimes with a with a kid uh, in terms of just talking about his maturity as opposed to uh, his ability on the field. But I think the A's have really assembled, a, you know, strong up the middle core. Yeah. And I, I feel like they've kind of, you know, their philosophies have shifted a little bit in terms of drafting. I mean, they're, they're not going, they're not, it, it cracks me up, Ben, when I, when I read at right around the draft time, some of these national publications saying, you know, the, a, the money ball A's are going to go after on base guy. No, they're going after athletes, man. Yeah. I mean, this, the, the guys that they've drafted over the first few rounds, the last few years have been guys that can play up the middle of that. Look at Kyler Murray. You know, you don't have to go any further than to, you know, see what the A's philosophy seems to be right now in terms of getting athletic guys into their system and talking to Bobby Crosby and Melissa Lockard, you know, that's, that's kind of what I see or what you hear that the A's are kind of is coming through the pike for the A's right now. Yeah. And as you, you know, some of the guys you mentioned, I'm excited to see as well. I mean, these are some really talented young guys, you know, all the way from the low minors to the high minors, the guys that are, that are on the brink. And, um, you know, that's certainly something the A's have done well over the years is, is developing, not just drafting well, but player talent development. And uh, I think we've, we've really seen that with some of the talent that they've brought up through the system. How much do you think, this is probably a hard question for anyone to answer because I don't think anyone really knows, but you know, with, with the, the pandemic sort of canceling the minor league seasons, you had the alternate training camps where these guys were at. 
how how difficult do you think that makes it to judge guys and where they're at and if they're major league ready that's a great question because i think that it you know not everybody had an even playing field in in 2020 in terms of prospects right some guys were at the alternate side but everyone else really had to get their work in wherever they were so i think we're going to kind of learn a lot when it when spring training rolls around and we see where some of these guys are so i think that's a really good question i mean you know for for hitters you know not being able to see you know, in, in some cases, high quality live pitching, you know, that these guys are going to be behind the eight ball. And not only that, but they, they lose a year. I mean, period. Like all yeah. these guys are now going to be a year older without having, you know, 140 game grind to go through. And, and a lot of that stuff to me, like, you know, it comes in competition. So, you know, what's your, what's your approach going to be? How, how are you going to handle going, you know, two for 22? You know, I mean, those, those are all things that, that you're going to have to deal with. And even at the alternate site, when you're doing, you know, you may be seeing the live pitching, but you're not playing competitively. You yeah. know, I, I think it's just different. It's just, it's totally different, right? It's yeah. like, I mean, for those of you who played sports, like it's like playing against, you know, your, your, your own team, as opposed to finally seeing somebody else on the other side or, you know, another yeah. team, the other dugout. And but for me that I think that's kind of where it comes in. It's like, you know, for on, on the hitter side, Harry, you know, how are you going to adjust when you're, when things aren't going so well for a couple of weeks, you know, on the pitcher pitching side, you know, maybe you learned a new pitch, you know, I mean, how you can throw that all you want in the bullpen, you know, how, how's it going to translate to a game and when are you going to be able to use it? How much confidence are you going to have in it? I think that's kind of how this is going to affect certain guys. You know, maybe we just talked about Dalton Jeffries, right. Who got hit mm-hmm. around, uh, you know, and made, making your major league debut isn't easy, but maybe he would have been, and this is just guessing. I mean, this guy's been competing for his entire life, but maybe he would have been more in the swing of things more recently if he had been pitching in AAA games as opposed to the alternate site sure. a week before. I don't know, but I, for me, I think that's that's kind of where the you know the the difference is is gonna. A lot of these guys won't have played in a competitive game since spring right. training in a year of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, before I let you go and, and I appreciate you coming on again, uh, Alex, but I, I want to, you touched on St. Mary's and uh, you, as you're the play-by-play broadcaster for the men's basketball team, I'm excited. I'll be doing all the women's home games this year for St. Mary's oh, man, uh, all right. network. So yeah, I'm pumped about that, but I, I do want to ask you a little bit about uh, the St. Mary's team this year. Obviously, you know, Randy Bennett has done such an amazing job since coming over to Moraga and uh it was tough to see last year end because it felt like last year's team really had a shot to make a run in, in the tournament with, you know, guys like Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz who are now have moved on to the next level. This year's team, a, a new look team. Um, I know they've had some injury problems, but they, they've certainly looked good in a lot of their home games. What do you see out of this year's team? And uh, do you think that they've got a shot to once again, compete for an NCAA tournament bid? I think it's kind of hard to say right now, honestly, with the, with the injuries, as you mentioned, I mean, that I think it's one thing if you have injuries at different positions, but these are both coming at the same position and both guys who uh, can really shoot the basketball and Alex Dukas, who I think is going to be an all league guy before all is said and done uh, in his time at St. Mary's and Lemon Bachman, who's a freshman who can really shoot it as well. So, you know, I mean, in years past, St. Mary's has been up around 40% from three. That's They've been one of the best offensive teams in the country year in and year out. 
Um, this year, they're really, I mean, Randy Bennett's done a lot of great coaching jobs. I mean, this is, he, he's going to have his work cut out for him right now because in the Gales last game against San Diego State, and I know it's San Diego State, and they're one of the best defensive teams in the country every single year, one of the best teams in the country every single year. So yeah. it was a tough matchup at a time when the Gales, um, you know, were kind of scrambling a little bit and kind of maybe trying to slide some round pegs into square holes. And, sure. um, but they're going to have to figure, they're going to have to figure out a way to score the basketball better than they had the last couple games, 53 points against Colorado state. Now they gave up 33. So uh, yeah. that, that took care of that, but you know, <laughs> then they scored 49 against San Diego state. And yeah. uh, you know, when, when you, when you have a team that's normally, at that three position that's that's used to having a very good shooter. Now, I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday. Maybe Alex Dukas will be back. I have no idea. Maybe Lemon Bakker will be back. I don't know uh, anything official. I don't have the same access to the team, as you can imagine, this season. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, how, how are they going to make up for that? Because the, the guys they're replacing them with aren't as good of shooters at this point. And that's, you know, I mean, that's saying that's not saying a whole because those guys are both 40 percent three point shooters. I mean, that's that's an elite shooter. So missing a guy with an elite skill set, uh, even in one aspect of the game, it's going to be tough to replace. And especially when you lose two of those guys who play the same position. So I think it'll be interesting, man. I think this this last week of practice before they play Sacramento State will go a long way to, to determining how they figure this out. I think they will. I mean, a year ago, you mentioned a year ago, last year they lost Matthias Toss, who was their starting center right around this time. And it took them a little while to, to kind of figure it out. And they, they decided to go undersized. But once they kind of understood that, once once they got used to playing without him, you know, they lost to Pacific, lost to Santa Clara. But yeah, after that, their only losses came to Gonzaga and BYU. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting season, man. I mean, they're already eight and two. Yeah. And I think when they were healthy, I, I really thought that they had an outside chance at, at making another run at the tournament. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see where things go from here. I, I think they'll figure it out. The question is when that happens. Well, thank you, Alex, for, for talking baseball and a little St. Mary's and West Coast Conference with me today. Appreciate you coming on uh, on the podcast and enjoy the rest of the basketball season. We're excited to hear you announce some uh, Stockton Ports games as well. Ben, appreciate you having me on, man. Hope to uh, run into you in Moraga. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your time out there. And uh, thanks again for having me on, man. Happy holidays. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AJensen86. You can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm at Ben Ross Tweets. And we thank Alex once again for coming on the Believe in Oakland Days podcast. Some great stuff there with AJ. And we're looking forward to hearing him on the call for the Stockton Ports this season. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Believe in Oakland Days podcast. A reminder that you can download and subscribe anywhere you get your pods. And we look forward to keeping this thing rolling into 2021 as we'll continue to go every other Tuesday through the offseason. Our next episode coming at you on January 12th. So until then, have a safe and happy new year. And we look forward to talking to you next time on the Believe in A's podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.